lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in Los Angeles. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi everyone, welcome back. So this week is going to be a special episode, uh, a real treat. This week is Rebetzin Esther Youngrice's yard site. Rebetzin Esther Youngrice was a Holocaust survivor and a very big Rebetzin in America in the last century. She really pioneered the Jewish outreach movement in America, and she was small in stature but really larger than life. And her biography recently came out. Um, Rabbi Nachum Seltzer wrote it. It's called The Rebetzin, and it's filled with amazing stories of divine providence This particular story, which I'm going to share today with my friend Wendy, is not in the book, but it is so amazing, and I had the merit to be a small part of it. So in the the Rebetzin's merit, this um, interview should be a merit for her soul, and I hope you enjoy. Wendy, thank you so much for doing this. Um, This is very special. I'm very excited. And um, if you could just start, I guess, by telling us how you got the book Life is a Test by Rebetzin Grace and what was going on that brought you to read the book. So thank you for giving me this privilege to uh, share my story about the Rebison, who to this day has left an indelible mark on my heart and um, in my life. She continues to influence it. And I had the privilege of meeting her after reading a book that indirectly I received from you. I was going through a very difficult time in my life. Um, My marriage of 28 years had just ended and I was devastated and uh, just so sad. And despite numerous books and numerous offerings made by friends and people who were concerned about me and only wanted to give me help, I finally received a book that I was able to identify with. And I don't know why it it spoke. I was going to ask why, what was it about that book that you were drawn to? Like of all the books? I mean, it's incredible. I I can honestly tell you, I have no idea. I (laughs) I was when I was given probably a half a dozen books and I just did not have the focus or the ability to concentrate. And then I received this book from my sister that, um, she basically because you had suggested it to my niece and immediately it just started to talk to me and um i i was wondering i i when i knew we were doing this podcast i started to reflect as to what it was about the book that had such a tremendous impact on me because it it truly healed me it truly from the first introductory um, paragraph, it grabbed me. And I think it was because the Rebetzin's message was that in life, one has to have faith, one has to have courage, Mm. and one has to have fortitude. Mm. That's really good. I believe she lived her life that way. Yes. And that was the gift and the message that she imparted to 
everyone whose lives, you know, she, she embodied taught. that. Yeah, she embodied that. Wow. And uh, she, her commitment to life was to build um, a better, a kinder, and a more peaceful world. Yes, yes. And that is what she set forth to do. And that was her daily mission. Yep. And I, I can tell you from my personal encounters with her that that was that was the energy and um, the gift that she emanated to anybody who encountered her. When I spoke with Jacqueline initially and she told me what was going on, I just had this thought. I mean, I think Hashem put the thought in my head, but I immediately had the thought, you have to read Life as a Test because it was all about kind of how to forge a path forward. Um, when you're when you're going through such an such a major challenge where your whole life is like kind of turned upside down, you know, she also really felt um, that Hashem gives us tests in life to make us better people and to make us who ultimately um, he envisioned. Yes. So that when we arrive in heaven the portrait that we see is the portrait that he wanted us to become. Yes. And um, basically, if life is smooth and even, we never have challenges to really uh, show who we can be and, and what we need to be. Exactly. Right. It's obviously so hard when you're going through it. <laughs> like, I'm sure, like, I don't know if emotionally you felt that at the time, but maybe it provided some sort of comfort, at least intellectually, that this wasn't just randomly happening to you, but maybe happening for you for a, a certain reason. Like, did you can feel that at all or not really? Well, I felt that there was a, a lesson to be learned, and I must say that it was because of the Rebbitson's book and influence on my life right. that I knew there was a greater meaning to what I was going through because the person that I was, the way I tried to live my life um, as a human being, uh, it, divorce was not in the cards. Yeah. I, you know, I took an oath under a chuppah that I was going to be married for better or for worse. Right. And um, that was my pledge. Uh, when when I went through this and I read your book, uh, well, not your book, yeah, when I read the Replicant's yeah. book, the, um, I was traveling a lot to um, Michigan because my son had started school there right when this whole thing happened. And to be there for him as well as a way and out for me to just be anonymous I traveled there often and I read her book on the plane and I just was would be overcome with emotion because her messages were so profound and what she has a gift uh, her gifts are many but one of the things that she does so well in her books and in her teachings and in her conversations is somehow she always weaves it back to the Bible yeah and she always weaves it back to a story and you can just you know you we can refer to abraham yeah and the lessons that he learned from the tests that god put him forth yeah you know forth totally to him. um we can talk about jonah right you know 
and um, and the, the lessons that he needed to learn because of the tests that he was put through. Yeah. And I that's the message um, in Judaism is that we all recognize that um, we have to uh, we have to rise above mm. our dilemmas. We have to rise above our challenges. Mm. And she better than anyone was able to teach you that yeah. and show you that. Yep. So yeah, that's amazing. With all the heartache and everything that I was going through, she had this gift of showing kindness yeah. and showing a lesson and giving you the strength to to yeah, to achieve. That's succeed. A, yeah, that's amazing. Maybe because she was a Holocaust survivor, I feel like she was in a position where she knew real suffering and she knew real challenge. And, um, you know, she was able to speak from experience and the fact that she came out of it still so positive and focusing on building, you know, rather than being a victim um, is really is such an inspiration. And I'm curious, like, I think it would be good if you tell the listeners maybe a little of your Jewish background and like how that influenced how you read the book. Like, were you surprised reading these things in the Torah? Like, were they things that you knew that like, there's a lot of relatable lessons or was that, did that like come as a surprise to you? It was not a surprise to me. I just to give a little background, I am first generation, um, American. My, both my parents were, um, were victims of the Holocaust. Um, my, my mother was on the kinder transport. She mm-hmm. lost her whole family. My father was able to get out in time because they heeded warnings, but they had uh, a very interesting history as far as how they were able to get money out and, and, and set themselves up so that they could transition to the United States. Wow. My entire family uh, were impacted by by the Holocaust. And I think that in and of itself um, inherently was in my fiber and taught me to view the world in a certain way. For whatever reason, and I can't explain it, I deviated from those teachings and I married out of my faith Mm. because I married a man that I thought had a good soul and was a decent human being and understood fully how raising my children Jewish, having a Jewish home was very important to me. Right. And he was able to do that. And he did do that. And my kids were raised in a Jewish home. They were bar mitzvahed and bat mitzvahed. Yeah. We had all the holidays. Um, ultimately, he wound up converting to Judaism. But having said that, even though I had a Jewish, even though I had a Jewish home, I was tempted by yeah. some of life's. Well, it's hard. You know, it's hard. Like we in America, like it, there's just so much like distracting you. <laughs> it's hard to like stay so connected traditionally. I mean, this is why there's such an assimilation. There's so much assimilation in America. Well, my parents. Uh, my parents raised me with a very strong focus on integrity mm. and civility and honoring your name. Mm. Your name was very, very important. So I practiced that in my life. And when this happened to me in my life, 
I kept it very quiet and mm. I was incredibly private about it. Mm. So when I read the Rebbitzins book, what spoke to me was the fact that I deviated from some of my mm. teachings. I started to be tempted by materialism, tempted by those things that really don't make a person who they are. Yeah. And I never quite lost my allegiance to my faith and and what mattered in life, but yeah. I definitely started maybe yearning for possessions or mm. materialistic items more yeah. than I should have. I think that's very no, I just appreciate, I appreciate you saying that because I feel like that's everyone in America. It's just like so hard not to, you know. So I appreciate it's that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that, and and I think that is why her book had such a huge impact on me because all her anecdotes, all her stories, it was all about people that placed the wrong priority. Mm. They placed the priority on the wrong. Things. They lost focus and, or a sight of what was important. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I always think of that book bringing me back to my path. Beautiful. And that is her message to people. Her message to people is that you are what creates your power. You mm. are what creates your success. All your money, all your materialistic acquisitions in the end, do not make you who you are. Right. And if you lose those, you know, that um, you haven't lost your neshama if, right. you've, if you've nurtured that. Yeah. And yeah, that sure. is what, what touched me so profoundly. Wow. I'm someone who became religious. I'm called a Baal Tshuva. It means like Tshuva is to return. It's like you were t- returning to like some part of yourself that you had within you the whole time that you maybe you lost a little you've lost the connection a little bit but then this book it sounds like kind of reconnected you to this part you had within yourself which is really beautiful yeah i mean i permitted influences to influence me more than i should have and so the day that i finally was blessed with meeting the rapidson was as she would say, not an accident. Not an accident. That's I want to call. That's what I want to call the title of this um, episode. Not an accident. <laughs> not an accident. Yeah. And he will tell you that there are no accidents in life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So tell me what. Tell I, us what happened. My story with meeting the Rebbitson is after I finished this book, I it was right around Passover, and I said to my sister who gave me the book that I'm going to meet the Rebbitson after Passover. She was in the city. I knew about Hanani because of her book. And I was going to meet her. And then right after I said that, I was in my office one day, and this lovely woman sort of floated through the halls of my practice. Um, I'll never forget, she was wearing this black long coat with a, a little fur collar. And she just had this smile that went straight to your soul and just lit you up and i greeted her and smiled i had no idea who she was and i went on my way because i was working with somebody else and then the next week um or maybe days later again she appeared in my office again we greeted one another kindly and warmly and then i went 
and worked on my patient who at that point had said, do you know that there's somebody famous here? And I said, no, I, I'm not aware of that. And she said, oh yes, there's a very famous Rebitson here. And I had this situation with a friend where her daughter and she started telling me a story about this woman, this friend of hers, at which point I realized this story sounded familiar and it was in fact a story that the Rebitson had included wow. in the book. Oh my gosh. And then I said to my this person who was a friend, neighbor, and patient, is she an author? At which point she replied, probably. And then I and then I was overcome, wow. totally overcome with emotion. Oh my gosh. Because I realized this woman was in my office. Oh my gosh. And at that point I excused myself on the urging of my patient and went to introduce myself to the Rebitson, at which point I asked her if she would meet me in a private room. I asked her if she was a, a, a an author, and she replied yes, and I just clasped her hand in my two hands. I couldn't speak because oh I was gosh. so choked up, and I just eked out the word thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, um, and then she benched me, Aww. and... Um, I just said, thank you. Wow. You changed my life. And she did. She totally changed my life. And the rest is history, how I was able to recover. And she wow. 100% guided me in recovery because her of her lessons, of her advice. We started working together. Wow. And we healed each other. I healed her not fully knowing why I was healing her, but just instinctively, wow. I had a, an, a, an intuition to protect her wow. and give her privacy because she was so visible. And uh, we healed each other wow. so profoundly. And she taught me so much about life's lessons, always with a reference to the Bible, always with an understanding that um, you need to experience thunderstorms yeah. so that you can embrace the sun that comes out afterwards. Wow. Wow. So eventually you told her how you read her book and the timing of everything and how it impacted you so much. And like, once you, um, did you ever fully tell her or no? Uh, it was, it was a while actually, I didn't want to share my story with her because professionally right. she was there for me to heal her, right? not for her to heal me. Right. And I was very, very respectful of that. That's amazing. And it was a very long time. We worked together. Um, I would say it was on the order of months. Wow. And never a day, I mean, never an appointment. She, we would come whenever she left, she benched me. Oh, and so um, I received it. And I worshipped and cherished it. But then there came a point several months into our encounters where I said, you know what? I need to tell her I'm healthy. Yeah. I don't want her to think that I have an illness or something right. that um, she needs to worry about. I need to tell her my story. And at first I was vague about it, um, but I wanted to let her know I was going through an emotional 
injury, right. not a, a health injury. And then eventually she knew my whole story. Wow. And of course she tried to match me up, <laughs> tried to, to get me back to dating, which it was lovely yeah. and, and it was fine. But what she really did was she healed my soul. Wow. She, she was my compass. Wow. She was my North Star and she was my oxygen. Wow. And that is what I needed um, at that time period because I needed to be the rock for my children. And yeah. that was the gift she gave me. She gave me the gift to be the strength for my children. Wow, that's so incredible. Hashem just like sent her to you. <laughs> it really is like so unbelievable, such an unbelievable story. I couldn't believe when, when I heard all this, because I, when I had just suggested the book to Jacqueline, I never thought you would end up reading it just because, you know, it's like a religious book. You have to buy it from the rel- Jewish bookstores, <laughs> like, you know, and we, you know, we grew up more secular. So I just didn't think. And then when she told me you were reading it, I was like, like, wow, that's amazing. And that you were loving it. And, and then she called me and she said, Jenna, you're never going to believe what happened. And when she told me how you guys met, I just, I was like awestruck because it's just like, what are the chances that she would show up in your office? I mean, it's just so mind blowing. So it's, it's such a beautiful. Her, teaches, her teaching wasn't, it did not make you feel that it was so religious. Right. Um, I mean, that's part of her right? yeah strength that she was able to right. relate to everyone. You didn't have to be religious to understand her teachings and no. to get her message. Yes. Because she did it in a way that just referenced, it referenced the Bible, it referenced the Torah. But because she told you a story, mm. you, you just automatically took the message mm. and the teaching. Because it was within it, a story. It was it was an indirect, um, it was an in, indirect message, which I'm right. sure she totally knew exactly what she was. Yeah, doing. I mean it's very effective. <laughs> but but that was her gift. Yeah, that was her gift. It really was. And also I and I've I told you this before. Like I, she would always say like messages from the heart enter the heart, and I she was always speaking from her heart. You know, she really was, and she embodied everything she spoke about. So I think that's also why she, like, affected so many people on such a deep level. Um, Amazing. Wow. So were you in touch with the Revitan ever outside um, of the office at later on or after, after like what ended up happening in the, like what happened in the end? Were you in touch with her um, before she passed away or? Well, I was in touch with her um, always, you know, we always kept the thread. Um, There were moments that I imposed myself on her just because I wanted her to know that somebody was there for her. Um, Perhaps I was invited, perhaps I wasn't, but I did it as much for me as I did it for her. I felt that she was such a giving person. She was just so, so generous of herself. It wasn't, I'm sure she received energy and 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 um fulfillment from what she did because as i said what she wanted to do was to make a better kinder more peaceful world right in doing that she did that through people that was her vehicle right so by making somebody a better person because they were more in touch with themselves they were there for a kinder person to everybody else they encountered. Wow. Um, and unfortunately, 
or regrettably, I was actually out of the country when she was not, when she knew she was. She, she is, uh, when she was. Her yeah. were limited. Yeah. And she, I was in Greece and she actually called me. Wow. They reached out to me right before she passed because I'm sure she wanted to just say goodbye. Wow. Uh, and I missed that call. So I never, re I never, I never gave her the opportunity to give me that gift. Yeah. And I was able to receive that gift. But I didn't need to. Yeah. Because she she is here with me and she was always with me wow. and um i didn't i i i don't need to have been with her physically yeah to have shared that energy totally um, yeah i mean you're connected to her now they say that like righteous people are more alive after they pass away than they are even when they're living so you know, I I light a yurtside candle for her. Oh. I light a yurtside candle for my grandmother and wow. my parents. Um, that's who I light. That's amazing. Yurtside candles for. Can you can you talk about how she got you into lighting candles and um, doing challah and and um, co keeping kosher and all these amazing things that you're doing now? Yes. So um, she picked me up when I was. Uh, in depths of despair, so I thought, because of my marriage. Uh, but the sister who provided me with her book, who um, guided my family and myself, sort of put us on a blanket, on a cloud of cotton. They, they, they um, put their lives on hold. Wow. Their primary and only mission for a year wow. after uh, my episode uh, was to make myself and my children healthy. Wow. My sister and I spoke every morning um, and then they suffered a devastation um, in their lives right. that needed um, me to return the kindness. Wow. And I didn't really know what to do. I was just at a loss for what to do. And I called the Rebbitson mm. and I said to the Rebbitson, please tell me what I can do to help this person who healed my family. And she said, there are three things you need to do. You need to light the Shabbat candles every Friday. You need to make challah and you need to follow Kashu. Wow. It's a um, lot. That's a tall order. Ask, <laughs> and when you ask God to give you this favor to answer your your request, um, and if he answers your your request, you can't then all of a sudden return to wow. your way. And which I haven't. That's in incredible. In in eight years I haven't. And wow. um, I I find it such a gift and, and it brings me such joy to give people challah every Aww. every Friday before Shabbat and wow. they love it. You make every week? It. You make it every week, Wendy? You make it every week. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Such a good mitzvah. And, um, it just gives me joy. Wow. You know? And the Shabbat candles and I also, I used to love bacon cheeseburgers and lobster <laughs> and shrimp and 
I won't eat it. Wow. And I never tell people why. I just say, you know what? I, I've just changed my diet. Wow. Um, I like when you told me you tell people I made a deal with God. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hashem answered well, your prayers. He answered your prayers. But as a child growing up, I just always felt what you, you can kind of get things by your parents and you can kind of get things by your friends but you can never get anything by Hashem. No. He's always there. Yep. And so that is my guiding light wow. to make, you know, to keep me on the straight and narrow, not to deviate from, you know, the norms, but to deviate from your soul yeah. and your integrity. And I really try, I'm not perfect, yeah, I mean, but is? I really try to give people kindness Wow. My profession inherently tries to heal people emotionally wow. and physically. And I feel that I have been, a, a even though I've had adversity and I've not, I did not plan my life to go along this course, I feel that I've had such gifted lessons mm. and I have had the blessings to encounter such wonderful people. Yeah. You included. Oh, thank you, Andy. Directly, indirectly. But if it wasn't for you, I would have never received the book. Yeah, it's so it's so crazy how Hashem sends people into our lives for all these crazy reasons and you just never know <laughs> how you know, how people are gonna play play a role in your life. And yeah, no, I, I think it's a merit to know you. I'm I'm really inspired by you. I can only recommend that those who didn't have the privilege to meet the Repetson in person or hear her wonderful sermons um, from the pulpit or from various meetings that she conducted. I know her daughter is carrying on her legacy and yeah. her children carrying on her legacy. Um, I think we should all be grateful for that. Yeah. But I highly recommend that they read any number of her books because the wisdom that you acquire from these writings is is lifelong yeah it's so true it's so beautiful and what's also amazing is she actually had there's a lot of cl classes of hers online i could actually link to it also but yeah like you can even listen to her still the, her, a lot of her classes are online um so yeah her books her classes um for sure her legacy lives on very strongly but i'm so grateful we were able to do this and it'll hopefully be um an elevation for her soul and um thank you thank you wendy thank you so much well, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity yeah. Thank you.